So hello folks at home and welcome once again to another episode of Wiki Week 8. We, we, <laughs> I was gonna say, I was trying to say I Wiki should just Weekdays. leave all these failed attempts. No, don't leave all the bad takes in. Oh, it's Wiki Weekdays and I'm Carl. I'm here with Lucas. Hello. And today we're going to be covering um, uh, some wikis that we found um, uh, based around the general theme of internet culture, which is a pretty broad topic, isn't it, considering that everything nowadays happens online. If it doesn't happen online, it didn't happen. So it's the digital equivalent of a tree falling in the woods. Like if it didn't trend on Twitter, did it really happen? Yeah, and I've kind of gone from like, you know, not necessarily things that are internet culture, but I've gotten like a little tidbit of something that like I found out about through the internet and kind of like was internet culture in a way. Okay, so you've gone pretty abstract with it, whereas I've just gone for the heart of the issue and I've gone and found something that is like, you know, just at the core of what I think the internet is now. And I think it sums up a lot of what the internet is and how a lot of internet culture has developed um, uh, over time. Mm -hmm. So I'm looking forward to seeing what yours is. But um, uh, as always, for the folks at home listening or watching on YouTube, uh, we do do a thing called Which Wiki Won This Week? I'm, I'm glad I got through that. This is like only yeah. my first sip of coffee and I got there, but maybe my accent made it bigly. So which wiki won this week? So uh, please vote in the comments below um, uh, just which wiki you think won this week, which wiki you think was more interesting or more entertaining or which like, you know, provided the most um, uh, entertainment or educational value. I'm not going to lie. I'm not feeling the strongest about mine this week. Um, <laughs> but you but... picked it anyway because it means a lot to you. Well, it might mean a lot to you as well, Carl. Okay, we'll, so we'll clarify before we move on. It just like it has been a week for all of you people, but it's been months for us. So if yes. we look a bit different or whatever, like there has been like you know life got in the way and there's been a bit of a break between when we thought we were going to like launch the channel and now. Yes, due to uh, a myriad of factors, which is why like, I'm in front of the green screen again because recording wise, like so if you follow Fact Fiend and you follow Wiki Weekends, you probably got the gist of what's going on. But for mm-hmm. the people who are just following this channel, first of all, thank you. Yeah. You've got great taste, um, uh, but we're going to try to keep them, um, uh, you know, in a stride, like not, let, not not stumble too much. But do you want to start, Lucas, or would you like to, for me to throw the gauntlet down? Because this is a big gauntlet. Okay, well, maybe I should start then. Maybe we, okay. should, we should tease people for the second half of the podcast. Okay. Um, and Carl, we, like, we were having a discussion before I decided what I've picked, and you reminded me something that like we spoke about really early on in wiki weekends on yeah, like, we the original you know format of wiki weekends and you okay. mentioned the fire festival i did mention the fire festival yes which is the inspiration for it because that, that wiki page is just hilarious so i've kind of because the you know the one thing that i wanted to bring up the actual wiki page itself mm-hmm. is a bit is a bit thin a bit so i wanted to also like throw just a secondary little uh, jab. So I've got like a one-two punch going on. Okay. So I'm today, going for the haymaker, you're going for the jab follow-up. I am. And I'm going I'm going straight for you, Carl. Because okay. I want to briefly talk about the When You Were Young festival. Oh, fuck off! You can't and... <laughs> do this to me! You can't do this to well, me! This is unfair! I, I originally was like, I, I want to talk about Coachella. Because the the Frank Ocean controversy has recently occurred. 
what, what um, is the Frank Ocean controversy? I, I, say, I don't so follow we'll, enough popular we'll music to know who this guy is. So again, I don't really follow Frank Ocean or anything, but I've seen about this online blowing up. And okay. that's kind of what inspired me. And then I was like, but there was also that little thing that happened last year that Carl yes. may have been involved in and can speak on a personal level to. I can speak. I was literally at the front. But I guess we better like, you know, clarify that's the beauty of Wiki Weekends and Wiki Weekdays is that we, for anyone who doesn't know what we're talking about, you get the full overview thanks to the format. So kind of similar to Fire Festival and like it before it, even started going to shit like people had kind of labeled it as a potential fire festival again what, right which one are we talking about uh, when, we the were when you were young festival yeah so um, if you have the wiki page up right now just to clarify what it was for anyone who's like you know not familiar yes, with it because indeed i remember when this got announced and i was like for no. people like me and you this was a brain breaking moment seeing the like the lineup, lineup yeah. that was announced on the day. Yeah, and I'll bring up I'll bring up the lineup now while you like you know just give the brief overview of what it was from the wiki page. So the When We Were Young Festival is an annual music festival currently held at the Las Vegas Festival Grounds in Winchester. The most recent event took place on October 23 and 29, 2022, 23rd and 29th. Mm-hmm. And it does say, you know, on the dates here, the 22nd, 23rd and 29th, but we know that that might not be true. That was not the case, no. And uh, the way it was pitched is, like as the name suggests, when we were young, it was a bunch of bands from when you were younger. Uh, specifically, if you were an emo or a grebo or just like, you know, an alt kid at high school around Mosher, the 2010s. Goth, like, yeah. you know, whatever you want to be called. Yeah, it was going to be like the concert for you. And when it was announced, I looked at the, the lineup and went, no. That's not real because it There's started no way with it's like, real. yeah, yeah. And I'm just going to go through like the lineup as it was billed, like when it first got announced, and just Lucas, just respond any way you feel comfortable doing so. Like, so right at the top, My Chemical Romance. Yep, and just just a band, a band that, that is like, like earth shattering in their importance to emo culture. Yeah, and a band that like I literally went to go see them, like you know, new revival tour on their own. Um, and didn't a woman turn up in a wedding dress for tickets? Yeah, there, there was a girl sat behind us, like a teenage girl in like full wedding dress, veil, and like skull face makeup on. It was excellent. Yeah, and that was just one of the bands in this thing. Of like when they announced that was it that after the pandemic, their tour it was like sold out permanently, like three four hundred quid tickets. Just this one yeah, band. We were and that's like, very lucky my, to yeah. get tickets. They were headlining alongside Paramore. So you know another like you know just. Cataclysmically massive band for on emos a massive and, tour at the moment as well. Yep, yeah, currently enjoying like a renaissance of sorts, and then mm. just just like going down, you bring me the horizon, you know. So I need you double check this, you know. So let's refer to um, Wiki. I'm pretty sure they're from Sheffield. I believe so. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm almost or at very least like the, Ollie Sykes is, I believe. The lead singer Ollie Sykes is from. Yeah, they're from Sheffield. Mm-hmm. And the reason I love Ollie Sykes, the lead singer of um, <laughs> Bring Me the Horizon. It's because they had a huge hit um, a couple of years ago, which is like in the charts, and they started to go for like more poppy music. And when they had like a number one hit, he lived in Sheffield, and he insists on doing all his interviews in Sheffield. And he owns a um, uh, a bar slash restaurant here in Sheffield called Church mm. or House of Fun, I think it is. And he was asked, like, "So why do you still live in Sheffield?" And sick in it. <laughs> <laughs> bring me back, bring me the horizon. And then just like you know, a day to remember a band that I love, Avril Lavigne. Yeah. The original, like, you know, the she was the one, like, the alt girl, the emo chick well, the, the, for the songs for people who didn't like emo music. But, Carl, she's 
not even the original Avril Lavigne, right? So how can she... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we can cover that another day. We do episode on conspiracy Dear things. Where sleeping with sirens, the starting line, we the kings, red jumpsuit apparatus, four years strong. Like Paris, neck deep, ice nine kills, pierce the veil, I prevail, dashboard confessional, taking back Sunday, the youth, the Manchester Orchestra, all American rejects, dance, Gavin, dance. And the list goes on. And, and that, that is the thing with this, right? Is It's not one or two strong headliners and a bunch of people you don't give a shit about. Like, the third, fourth, like, line-up down of headliners is, like, another bunch of great bands. Every single band on there, I know at least one of their songs and was mm-hmm. obsessed with them when I was, yeah. like, in the And there's probably people listening at home who have no idea who half these bands are. It wasn't for you. Like, you know, this was the emo version of Coachella. Do you know like, every year you see, like, the Coachella lineup when it's just, mm-hmm. like, fucking Eminem, Beyonce, the Rolling Stones. It's just everyone in music. This was that for emos and hence... This and, was and Coachella, in, yeah. Yeah, and resulted in people like, well, it's not real. Because how the fuck are you going to get all these bands on stage at once? Like, when you say, like, My Chemical Romance sold out stadiums on their own. Mm-hmm. Paramore can sell out a stadium on their own. How the fuck are you going to get them on stage together? And not and have, like, everything fall apart. Bear in mind, it does say here that, like, there was a When You Were Young festival in, like, 2017, apparently. But this is, like, a completely unheard of festival. It's not, like, getting Leeds Reading Festival getting a lineup like this or Glastonbury getting a lineup like this. This no. is just, what the fuck is this festival and why does it have everybody here? Yeah, and it was announced, and I remember seeing it and I was like, there's no way. Mm-hmm. I, legit, I was like, there's no way they're going to get all these bands. Yeah. And I should mention, because I have a personal connection to this, because I went. <laughs> kind of. Kind of, yeah. So, so do you want to continue on the wiki page then, just describing it? So it does say, uh, yeah, the first incarnation of the festival took place at the Observatory in Santa Ana, Can- Can- California, on April 8th and 9th, 2017. In 2022, the festival was moved to Winchester, Nevada at Las Vegas Festival Grounds. Mm-hmm. The event was first announced January 18th, 2022 as a one-day event. That was the thing as well. It was only one day. And it's like, you're going to get all these bands on stage you, you're for gonna, one day? You're going to put, like, My Chemical Romance, Paramore, Bring Me the Horizon, Avril Lavigne, A Day to Remember. Like, you're going to get all of them plus 40 other bands on one day. Yeah. On one stage, I believe it was intended to start with, or maybe two, I can't remember. But... It's going to be like three, I think. Right, yeah. And, um... Yeah, tickets sold out quickly, no shit. Yeah, um, <laughs> I had tickets. My girlfriend at the time got them for my 30th birthday. Um, we were travelling at the time, and she was just borrowing. She had three phones in front of her, just like oh, trying right. to load up the thing to pay for them. Yeah, and that led to the addition of second and third dates on the 23rd and 29th of October. Mm-hmm. Um <laughs> Matt Skeeber of Alkaline Trio asserts that the festival lineup was announced before bands were committed, but all bands would agree to play. And that was and the thing as well. That's a ballsy yeah. statement to make. Is like, and that was yeah, that was why it felt so fake as well. Because when it got announced, obviously bands like My Chemical Romance they were trending on Twitter, mm-hmm. and people were tagging them like, "Oh my god, I can't wait to go see My Chemical Romance!" And like Gerard Way was like, "We haven't heard about this." It's like, wait, no, what? And you're you the go to like all of their group pages, and none of them are talked about it. Yeah, and, and that was like, what made it none sound. Of these bands talking about this festival they've just been announced as a headliner for. And that was like when people were starting to get like um, fire festival vibes, and then it turns out like one of the people involved with fire festival was kind of involved with this. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, and my girlfriend at the time like said she took a punt on it and went, well, 
Either way, it's either we, we go and have a great time or we're part of a class action lawsuit and we get our money back. Mm-hmm. And do you know what happened, Lucas? Neither! <laughs> For reasons people are about to discover. Uh, yeah, so the first day, the day that Carl was going to attend, was just cancelled due to weather. and It, no, it, could fuck, it wasn't cancelled. Like, yeah, so this is why, you know, I I thought it'd be fun, because this is a bit of a sparse wiki page, but mm-hmm. we have someone right here on this podcast. Was, that I was, was there. <laughs> right there at the gate right of there. the festival. I so was right Carl, there. how was the weather that day? So what does it say actually happened? And I'll give you the um, real story. It literally here, like, as I say, it wasn't much of a wiki page i just more knew you had personal attachments mm-hmm. to this it says just the first day was cancelled due to weather the band card seat headrest was scheduled to play as part of the 2022 lineup but pulled out due to health issues and is that like, it? I, so that that's that's their explanation of what happened so here's what what happened from my perspective i turned up the day before because we had hotel packages the day before we get there and you can tell as well who's going because like you're on the plane <laughs> all the and like you just see a sea a sea of neon hair. Yeah. And it's like, well, they're going. And you pull up and we get into like Las Vegas and it's like, again, everyone's wearing like, you know, skinny jeans. But it's like, I felt that like, in my element. I was so happy. And everyone you bump into as you're getting into the, the cab, getting to the hotel, everyone there is clearly going to the concert. Wake up the next day, get up nice and early. Mm-hmm. We go down, for, we say we get a big breakfast, get a massive breakfast, get a burger. I got a burger at like nine o'clock in the morning. It's Las Vegas. Fuck it. Who gives a shit? I do what I want. Just got myself a burger, got myself a pint, coffee, and went, we're ready, ready for the day. When does the concert start? Gates open, I think, half ten. Let's get a cab, nine o'clock, we get there. Queues around the block. Spit mm. with me. Queues around the block. We just follow them, we follow the queue. We get there, we're outside the gates, the gates. We can see the venues right there. There's a security guard milling around. And then, when it was about to open, thinking like, maybe, surely they should be getting people into Mm-hmm. Like lines right now, or asking people for, you know, fast passes or what have you. And then opening time came and went, and then a, a murmur went through the crowd. It was a bunch of people started like walking away and going no. And then everyone's like, you hear over the thing like check Twitter. It's like what? And you have a look. Five minutes before the um, uh, it was supposed to open, every person there, including us, got an email saying due to weather. The event has been cancelled. There will be no refunds. I was outside. I could see into the venue. They cancelled it then and there, and no one got a refund. And um, I remember at the time, like, yeah, I was checking Twitter updates to see what was going on because, like, there was a bit of a hubbub of like, oh, like nothing's happening yet. Mm-hmm. So I was like, you know, oh, I'll keep trying to like check things, maybe message Carl, like, let him know if if like there's something going on and there was like there was nothing there was no talk and i got, went on to tiktok and there was somebody like posting tiktoks of like hi i'm a technician and uh it's about an hour before the show starts we have no fucking clue what's going on it's a bit oh, windy yeah. uh we've had no communications like we can't that's get what the, did it. everything set up the, the stage is not ready Nothing was ready because we talked to people there who'd been in hotels that could see into the venue. And they were there in their hotel rooms looking at the venue with no one there. Mm-hmm. And none of the bands were there, none of the stuff was set up. And in fairness, when they said the wind was quite severe, like Las Vegas, the city is like, we had someone die at a concert due to high winds last year. Mm-hmm. So they had a valid reason 
for cancelling it. But what got us is they cancelled it the morning of when we stood outside the venue and didn't give us a refund. Nobody like, got a refund. It, it, yeah, as you say, five minutes before the the festival opened, it was via email in front of you. Yeah, via email. And the fact that, and what really pissed me off is the fact that none of the bands turned up. Because I think if it had been really cancelled that late, bands would have been set up. There would have been stuff mm-hmm. there. There would have been it would have been ready to go, and then it would have been feigned off. But the fact that no bands even bothered turning up or setting up means that the bands knew, which mm-hmm. means that the venue organisers knew, which means they could have told us. At the very least, in the morning, before we got ready and gone to the venue, and had to pay like thirty dollars in taxi cab fares. And that's the thing, because like, clearly, clearly, they were waiting for the wind to calm down, and then try and rush to throw everything together. Mm-hmm. But the, like, everyone who was there could tell you like that that was not a festival ready to go five nope. minutes later. But you know what the problem is as well. The next day, it went ahead without a hitch, so no one remembers that first day. Mm-hmm. And that's what's the most annoying part, right? We didn't get a refund, we didn't get to go. We bought the first tickets, like, you know, first batch of tickets that were available, mm. over like, you know, $1,000 each. And because the next day, the wind died down, they could go on, they could honour all of those tickets, and no one who went on the first day was allowed to go. So I missed out on, like, you know, the once-in-a-lifetime experience of seeing every band. So they didn't even, like, refund day one people? Nope. They only refunded us for the cost of the ticket, but not for the um, hotel, which was part of a package they sold. Yeah, they they sold you a package of, like, come to Las Vegas, we've bought this hotel, we've bought this for you. Like, you know, a package deal sold by them, and they're like, yeah. nah. Do you know what their reasoning was? Well, you use the hotel. And it's like, we use the hotel to go to the concert! <laughs> that didn't fucking happen. So I wouldn't have been in that hotel if you didn't host the concert. Like, no, nope. wouldn't have been there. Wouldn't have had to my, have the hotel. So I think my ex got like two hundred dollars back in total. Fucking hell! Of, of like now a thousand dollars worth of tickets per person. And just, I was just so good. Like I said, outside the venue. And the, mm. the thing is, well, emos already look pretty sad. You've never seen. You've never. Do you know, like that bit in um, uh, my head? You know, the sad man's parade. Oh yeah. That's yeah. what it was like. The sad man parade of all the emos slowly realizing they're not going to let you in and just like wandering the strip of Las Vegas at like eleven o'clock in the afternoon. All of them with just beers in their hands are just like, what do we do? And speaking of you know a band mm-hmm. that that we both enjoy and maybe from Sheffield, Carl. Mm-hmm. Bring Me the Horizon did like a very, I mean, it was a limited thing, obviously, because it was thrown together last second. Yeah. But they did just say to people, "Hey, we've we've hired out a venue and we're playing on the strip." Yeah, that's for what anyone a bunch that's of been bummed yeah. out. Come and get like get a ticket. The problem was that all of those went immediately, and they were so yeah. like sporadic across the city. And I think what we ended up doing is the night before, um, we'd gone to a karaoke place for a few drinks, mm-hmm. and we made friends with some people in the queue. And uh, we were just wandering the strip getting food. We bumped into those people again. And we went to this karaoke place. And what they did is the karaoke place invited a bunch of cover bands. Oh, okay. So they got cool. a bunch of, like, so obviously a lot of emo cover bands were there doing, like, mini gigs mm-hmm. at the time. So they got a bunch of cover bands in to do karaoke of, like, all the songs. Yeah, it was an interesting, like, time on the internet from my perspective because i was just all over like twitter and tiktok that night watching emo slowly take over the las vegas strip it was just the thing is what made it so gutting though is like people had like traveled i traveled across the world for this thing Mm -hmm. 
and it was supposed to be like a once in a lifetime event like and there were people there who'd spent thousands and thousands of dollars like on childcare and traveling across the country and making special reservations and the fact that in it's one of those things where I, I'm glad the people who went the next day got to experience it, but I kind of wish that the whole thing had been cancelled because that way there would have been enough uproar for us to actually get refunds and maybe like you know a ticket for the next year or something like that. Well, because it was like kind of half cancelled, that first shit storm of a day gets completely swept under the rug to the point where even the wiki page doesn't go to the extent of like, hey, you got cancelled last second. Yeah, and that's the that's the weird thing is yeah, it just kind of is like. Yeah, cool. Uh, they've got a second year with uh, Blink-182 and Green Day as headliners. And it's like, oh, right, okay, so you're not going to talk about the fact they, like, fucked over thousands of people then. Mm-hmm. And you made it really bad as well. Because um, just, just from a personal uh, thing, like the band Paramore, um, Hayley Williams had um, been on, like, um, the original song, like Misery Business, like that early song that got popular. Hayley Williams had made a point of never singing that on stage after, I think, like, five years ago. Because she didn't like the lyrics. Cause she says they're yeah. misogynistic or written when I was a teenager. They're not nice. Mm-hmm. But just like, and one of the things that convinced that it was going to go ahead is that a couple of weeks before, when we were young, she started singing that song on stage again. And it's like, mm-hmm. oh man, not only is Paramore going to play, they're going to play the old shit. And like, they're going yeah, like, to go play the old shit. They know. I don't as well, like, you know, see that as, oh my God, she compromised her morals for money. It's like, no, she at the time felt like it was unnecessary to play the song and then kind of got to a point in her life where she was like fuck it i wrote it when i was a teen let's move on yeah also as well like that co- that whole festival was like for that era of music for better or worse like you know as cheesy and crap as it was oh you'd frozen for me for a second oh, okay. and i was like oh shit my pc's gonna die <laughs> no just saying like you know that whole concert was about celebrating that era of music for better or worse and the fact that she was gonna sing that song my ex was so excited to see that song. That's one of my favourite songs of all time. I never thought I'd see it live, and mm-hmm. she never has. Yeah. And it's to the point where I, I, half the bands on that list, I can't listen to them anymore. Oh, really? Yeah, it's just, just that thing of like... Those like, it's just yeah. memories. Well, thanks for that, Lucas. I really appreciate you <laughs> just, just starting this day off by kicking me in the nuts. I'm sorry, Carl. I, I had to do it when you reminded me of the Fire Festival. That's fair enough. Um, yeah, well, let's let's talk about Coachella maybe because that's something yeah. neither me or you have any personal experience with. So I I, I can't afford the eight hundred thousand dollars to go to Coachella. I think like you know it's it's one of those of I brought the wiki up, but maybe I'm better off just like googling what the specific Frank Ocean thing is because it doesn't seem to have like a controversy section of look when we fucked up. Oh man, um, I, but I do if, like. <laughs> if anyone's say. not aware, I'll just give a brief overview from the wiki of like. And what Coachella is, yeah. I'm but sure I do like... everyone fucking knows, but... <laughs> Just the one thing I want to mention before um, uh, the When We Were Young Festival, before we move on from that, is like, oh yeah, the reason it got cancelled, is like the joke that went around online, is because it turns out it was near a school and none of the people in the bands could go... <laughs> We're legally oh, allowed no. in 500 feet of them. Because it's like all pop punk and stuff in it, and just pop punk has that awful reputation. I mean, um, like, that's the thing is, there's a lot, you know, musicians in general, uh, a lot of shit to come out, but mm-hmm. over the last few years specifically, when there's been a bit of, like, a pop-punk emo revival, yeah. there's been a lot of people coming out and being like, no, some of these bands are wrong-uns. Um, so, let me just get up the Frank Ocean thing, but Coachella is officially called 
the Coachella Valley Music and Arts Festival, known as the Coachella Festival. Mm-hmm. It's an annual music and arts festival held at the Empire Polo Club in Indio, California, in the Coachella Valley, hence the name, mm-hmm. in the Colorado Desert. And it was founded in 1999. And it says here, genre... Um, includes rock pop indie hip-hop and electronic dance music that's according to the wiki not me yeah and that's for anyone like... bringing umbrage to the classification of what's played at Coachella. yeah and it's like every year you just see like um uh like the posters and it's just like holy shit how do they get all of these people so i'm just gonna like bring up the lineup pick a year lucas between like now uh, and 10 years ago 2017 Let's go for the 2017 lineup. And just like just an idea, like the kind of like big names they can get. So like you know, like Radiohead, Beyonce, Kendrick Lamar, Lord, just, and yeah. as well Frank Ocean. Um, what we're talking about today. So Frank Ocean disappointed fans uh, who had waited six years for Frank Ocean to return to the stage. <laughs> That's rough. To think as though they waited six years, I waited fifteen. <laughs> so this is kind of what remind like you know. Mm-hmm. In my head, I thought of this Frank Ocean Coachella thing, and then that kind of similar, yeah. the When We Young Festival thing to me. Um, so Ocean dropped out of Coachella's second weekend. Um, oh no, this this is different. Sorry. Uh, well, oh, I have yeah. the thing up here. I've got the um, the wiki entry where yeah, it no, talks they... about it. Of, like he fell off a bike. Yeah, he <laughs> he just he fell off injured. a bike. Obviously, but, it's not funny. I fell off a bike. It's just that's just like a weird injury for like a rock star to have. Mm-hmm. Like, why was he riding a bicycle? Um. So, yeah. the the like the thing is, it's like, oh, he cancelled this performance. But so what happened was, like, basically, just before he was meant to arrive on stage, mm-hmm. the like live stream of. Coachella itself basically announced, like, yeah, we're not going to live stream Frank Ocean. <laughs> what? So, Why? What possible you, reason could they have for not doing that? Apparently, because Frank Ocean was being a dick. Right? Like, a, like, are you telling me that a musician was being a bell end? <laughs> I don't believe it. I don't believe that a, a big musician would be a huge prick. That does not mm. sound like the musicians that I know. So, yeah. Um, not only does that mean you know everybody who wanted to watch like the official Coachella live stream of Frank Ocean returning to stage, mm-hmm. you know, finally coming back, fuck you all, fuck you all that aren't at Coachella, right? And uh, th- th- it was great because apparently there was just a random girl near the front who decided to be like, fuck it, I'm Instagram and live in this, and ended up with, like, 1.6 million people watching her, like, yeah, Instagram like, live. It's that because... classic thing, isn't it, of, like, we're not going to let anyone watch it, and it's like, <laughs> well, we're just going to find a way. It's like, remember when it was, I think it was, like, the Conor McGregor, um, Floyd Mayweather fight, where, oh, like, right, they were okay. tracking down on streams, um, people who were streaming illegally, who didn't want to pay, like, the 60 quid to watch it, mm-hmm. and some, like, legend on Twitch just said that he was playing UFC 2023, and held, like, an <laughs> Xbox controller like this, and live-streamed it, and pretended he was playing. Uh, and I love like, the, pe- like people find it, a way. Somehow, you know, that those kind of things, it's like, well, how's anyone going to find, like, the guy on Twitch who's got no followers, who's, like, Pretending it's UFC. Yeah. And it's like, you know, life finds a way, Carl. Live streams find a way. 
It's just that thing, though, of, like, I don't want anyone to stream it. It's like, surely you must have signed a contract of, like, we get to stream this. You get to perform, you get paid, we stream it. The reason we're booking you is because you have fans who want to watch this. They they waited a while for Frank Ocean to appear on stage as well. Okay. So Frank Ocean not only appeared late by roughly an hour, he also was, like, you know, the end headliner. To be fair, that's not really that dramatic like Guns N' Roses turn up three hours well, late to all their concerts it's not as bad normally I guess under some circumstances but he then started his performance an hour before the noise curfew kicked in oh no because they're really so serious about that like, yeah, yeah so he's straight up not allowed to finish his performance because he turned up an hour late yeah like half the reason that these concerts are able to be held in such public places that they have a very thing of like you can get this you can bring 100,000 people in mm-hmm. but after 11 done yeah because we know if we shut at 11 we've got four and a half hours of drunken knobheads wandering around and it's like you can't be like well I'm Frank Ocean the curfew doesn't apply to me it applies to everyone yeah they don't and mess Coachella will not be able to like return if they do not abide by those exactly. Yeah. So uh, not only did he turn up late, and some fans had like started leaving before he turned up, just believing he's not going to show. Oh man, that's um, nice. Yeah, he then also had half a performance because guess what? He what? was forced by law to stop. And then not only that, I, vote, I didn't even know this little tidbit, Carl. Okay. Um, you know, Frank Ocean's meant to be a great performer, but I don't know how he is at lip-syncing, because apparently for a lot of the performance, he just lip-synced. Oh, no. Like, I get sometimes that's important. I know important it's, it's, it's necessary. Like, I remember it was the Red Hot Chili's performing at the Super Bowl, where they got... Normally, Super Bowl is just, yeah, yeah lip-synced and... And yeah. I remember, like, there was, it was Flea, because, like, he was playing a bass that wasn't plugged in. Mm-hmm. And everyone's making fun of him. And, they, and, like, what the Red Hot Chilies did, you probably know this, is, like, they recorded in the stadium. They came in the day before, recorded that entire set live in the stadium. And mm-hmm. that's what they played. Yeah. And then they were playing their instruments. It's just they were playing along to music they recorded the day before. And, like, at least then it sounds as if they were playing in that stadium. But, yeah. yeah. And that's um, just because they, they can't run the risk of something going wrong when, like, all 100 million people are watching at home. Yeah, you cannot, like, advertisers' money is, like, too valuable for a yeah. show to fuck up, right? Um, but apparently he also sometimes sat with his back to the crowd <laughs> and at certain points handed the show over to a DJ for a 10-minute interlude. <laughs> It's like, what? what is even the point of performing if you're not going to perform? So, like, what's even Ocean, the, why even bother turning up? He turned up an hour late to do half a set and then didn't even fucking do the set. This is like, because I've got like the thing up here, like the 2023 edition of Coachella, where they say that like, he injured his leg, so fair enough he was injured. Mm. He says that he had an ice rink with 100 skaters that were scrapped at the last minute, forcing mm. festival crew to hurriedly melt the ice. <laughs> So, like, all of the performance was meant to, yeah, be, uh, uh, like, surrounded by this ice rink. All the dancers had been hired for this idea, mm-hmm. this ice rink. Now, scrap that. Scrap the live stream. I'm going to turn up an hour late. I'm going to let a DJ play, and I'm going to do some lip syncing. What really gets me as well is that the other headliners that weekend, one of them was Blackpink, and that is a group who puts on a fucking show. Really? 
Yeah, Blackpink was there. And then it says here that I've got the wiki page up, so like, you know, for clarification. It's like, you know, Blink-182 reunited and were added to replace mm. him the following weekend. It's like, you know what? I'll take that. I'll take Blink-182. <laughs> again, those guys put on a show. Because, like, Blackpink, you know, to people watching might not be a big deal, but, like, they are... They are a huge group, a yeah. huge group at the moment. Like, they are unbelievably big at the moment. They also saw, yeah, put on great shows. Fantastic shows, yeah. And it says here that, yeah, he was replaced by Blink-182 and Skrillex. So, you know what? Fair enough. I'd trade <laughs> Frank Ocean for Blink-182 and Skrillex. If he's going to do that shit, yeah. Yeah. That's that's kind of gutting, isn't it? I, I feel bad for his fans. I can empathise. That happened to me. Mm-hmm. So, the only thing is, though, this has happened to me twice. I don't know why I bother going to festivals. Because like, the other time I went, I went to Leeds Fest. I went oh, to Leeds Fest and I went to go cancel. see Yellow Card. Oh, no. And Yellow Card, one of my favourite bands, were going to play all of their, um, I think it's Ocean's Avenue, which is like the album like, mm. that got them big. And they had an hour and a half of technical problems, so oh, they couldn't play their song. No. And then they, when they got onto the end, they said, we, the last thing the guy said, they didn't play a single song, is what we're going to do is instead, we're going to play the entirety of that album on our next tour. And the next tour was in America. And it's like, at that point, just don't say anything. You're going to piss people off. Yeah, like, that that's basically just being like, oh, sorry we fucked up, or the technicians, or whoever fucked up, fucked yeah. up. Sorry that you got the shit end of the stick. Buy tickets to one X show. Yeah, and it's like that thing of, like, I get it, you can't predict stuff like that happening, but just don't say anything. Just apologise no. mm-hmm. and leave. But yeah, it's happened to me twice. That's rough. And, and the thing is, I'm uh, going to Leeds Fest next week. Well, I, um, next, I think, not weekend after next, uh, something like that. Not Leeds Fest, uh, Slam Dunk. So oh, I hope it doesn't happen yeah. there. <laughs> I guarantee it's going to happen again. Keep an eye on the news. Well, maybe we'll follow up with Carl's next cancelled festival like, yeah. stories. What did Carl get cancelled next? Uh, I, before we move on, I do want to mention like the opposite end of the spectrum. Which is? Um, to just the one guy that I witnessed, and I think I've told you about this, when I went to go see Red Hot Chili Peppers live. Oh, yeah. And, didn't you, uh, you got to see like the legendary co- like collaboration between the Red Hot Chilies and like baby, and baby metal. metal yeah what a concert what a concert like two of my favorite bands uh mm. chili peppers tattoo on my arm mm-hmm. um and i was like chili peppers like doing another tour excellent i'm finally like in a job while they're touring and got some disposable income yeah um and then it, like you know my girlfriend messaged also they're supported by baby metal i was like of losing my fucking mind um and yeah, we went there and there was like a, a group of maybe like 20, 30 of us that waited in front of the doors like five hours beforehand ready to yeah. get out the front. And one of these guys was like in a baby metal jacket and just constantly talking about baby metal the entire time. Mm-hmm. One of those and guys, literally yeah. waited maybe eight hours before the performance, you know, at the doors then at the mm-hmm. stage and stuff to watch Baby Metal do their set and then just walked out immediately before watching any of the Chili Peppers. And he was That's like, the thing, I'm here yeah. for one thing. And I get with some people, they know that. So remember I went to go see uh, Journey. Mm. I went to see Journey, supported by Toto. Oh, I'll, okay. I'll tell you right yeah. now, because there's like that reputation that a lot of old bands have, like they're either really bad because they're phoning it in or they're phenomenal because they've been doing it for 30, 40 years. Mm-hmm. Toto and Journey are absolute just transcendent experience they were I guess like they're the latter then yeah yeah everything 
was like, you know, it said, we're starting at this time. That, like, clock, you could see a clock on stage. As soon as it, like, boop, nine o'clock, Toto walk out. Hey, guys, just, like, hold the line, starts playing. It's flawless. <laughs> flawless. They play, like, um, like, an hour and a half straight. They say, okay, now Journey's coming out. Like, they'll play, like, you know, so Journey and Toto play out Africa together. Like, Journey come out, play, like, fifth, like, you know, 15 songs in a row. They open with, like, don't, and that's the thing. They open with Don't Stop Believing. And then you're like, with where that the song. fuck's this concert going? Yeah, because that's the thing. They open with Don't Stop Believing, and I shit you not, half the crowd stood up and left. Half the crowd, they heard Don't Stop Believing and immediately left. Because that's like the, the, the only finale song encore yeah. song that they want to hear, right? Yeah, and they yeah. played it for the first song, and it's like, they must just know if they play this first, then the people actually give a shit. They're mm-hmm. going to stay. Yeah, and um, I, I had like kind of a similar moment where... Um, like they did for my chemical romance they started out with i'm not okay and we were all they, like they know what's going on here yeah. but obviously you know they they finished with like helena and mm. um stuff like that they like the encore was still great but they did like i'm not okay and welcome to the black parade before the encore because we were all like that. what is going on it's a good way to do it so i remember it was uh I tom york from radiohead he said they stopped playing Creep at concerts because people would turn up, listen to Creep, and then leave. And he found it really disheartening because pe- people like people are only coming to play, like hear that one song. And he didn't like it. So yeah, like I just thought I'd, while we were talking about like you know not being able to see bands, you like I like the idea of like paying what close to a hundred quid, I think it was, to like mm. not see the headline act. Like, even just if you're fuck not, off. yeah. Like, even if you're not going to, like, stay at the front of a show, go back and get a beer and just watch them, because mm-hmm. I guarantee there's going to be at least one Red Hot Chili song that you like. And even if you don't, they put on a great show. Exactly. Of, of what and I've like, heard, because they're just the yeah. consummate performers have been doing this shit for 20 years. Exactly, and they love what they're doing, and they had, like, this awesome light show set up where, like, these lights were coming up and down and creating, like, giant waves of lights and mm-hmm. stuff. It was, like, an awesome set. And, yeah, just the idea that, ah, fuck it. I've seen Baby Metal down. I'm gonna, I'm gonna fuck off. Fair enough. Like fair play to that guy, but yeah, he knows what just, he likes. I just yes, seeing an entire crowd, like swathes of the crowd, stand up and leave after they heard "Don't Stop Believing." Yeah, and the performance was really good. And do you know what I learned about Journey that day that I never knew? And this is that like they a, had a, other a, songs. No, like a fact we can like all <laughs> learn today is like the okay. lead singer of Journey is no longer. I think it's Steve Perry. Was the original lead sounds gun? You know what? We're doing Wiki Week and we can double check, aren't we? Exactly. We are Let's about just double, double check. checking. And the lead singer of Journey initially. Yeah. Uh, yeah, because I think yeah, you St- may have like, mentioned this to me when you found out. I can't remember now. But go yeah, on. So the, ori- the original singer like left like a couple of years ago. And mm-hmm. the, they come out on stage and there's this young Filipino guy. I think he's like in his oh, 40s or something. Yeah. And he started singing. And I turned to my ex and I was like, is this lip-synced because that sounds exactly like it does on the radio (laughs) and it turns out no it's not the current lead singer of journey is this random filipino guy they saw on youtube doing Mm. covers at like a karaoke bar and they sent him they slid into his dms like the entire band's like (laughs) official instagram slid into his dms like hey do you want to be the lead singer of journey and he was like sure why not and now he's the lead singer of journey (laughs) God, and he was fucking amazing. awesome. He sounded exactly like the original dude. Mm-hmm. And yeah, like that thing is, a lot of the time, um, I know like people have gone to see Queen with a couple of different um, Adam Lambert's the 
Adam Lambert yeah. was was one of them, yeah. And it's like that's great, but like it's really hard to obviously live up to Freddie Mercury. But like I love the idea that some random guy on YouTube is just like holding up that journey flame. That's like yeah, something. here he is. It's um, Arnel uh, Pinata. Okay, just cool. guy from the Philippines was just singing on stage and just like, hey, do you want to be the lead singer of Journey? It's like, why the fuck not? Yeah, sure. It was really, really good. Well, I'm glad to hear that, at least, Carl. At least there's, like, one happy story coming from a concert for you. One happy concert memory for me. And, yeah, that's, you know what, not bad, Lucas. But I think we're going to go in an entirely different direction. But we're still sticking in the realm of music to a degree. Oh, okay. So, like, this was not planned. I was not aware of what you were were bringing today, but I'm excited to hear what you've got for me. So my um, uh, contribution for this episode of WikiWeek Days is uh, the Wikipedia entry on the Shrek fandom. Which is it is a wiki entry, and it'll be linked below. But Lucas, what you and before we start, actually, I'm going to send you the header image they use on the Shrek fandom. This is like the image okay. they just use. This is what they use to demonstrate the Shrek fandom. Describe it to me. Um, let's get. <laughs> it's just a person at a con. Just dressed as Shrek in like <laughs> what looks like a relatively cheap outfit, but like you know, pr- pretty decent makeup. That's the thing as well, though, because you can look around and there's no one else at the con no, dressed it's up. Just an empty con with a couple of people in the background, just in regular clothes. And there's just these guys dressed like Shrek. So, oh, would you like to learn about the Shrek fandom with me today, Lucas? I would, and I would like to um, send you an image that I sent yesterday at 3.05pm to, to my girlfriend. Okay, do it. And it, it's relevant to Shrek. Is it? Okay, that would be not always planned. Oh, yeah, someone made a, a Shrek build someone, in um, Destiny 2. Someone made a Shrek fashion in Destiny 2, and it was literally making the rounds, like, yesterday. Yeah, And that, just... that shows just, like, how active and relevant the Shrek community still is. Yeah, and that's why I thought it would be interesting to talk about, because, like, Shrek, like, what, it continues to be a big deal on the internet, both ironic, like, there's an ironic enjoyment of Shrek and an unironic enjoyment of it. Like, mm-hmm. I enjoy the Shrek movies because they're just genuinely good movies. The first two were really good. The first two are, like, very good movies. There's, like, a few, you know, dated jokes and stuff, obviously, mm-hmm. now. But, like, um, generally speaking, like, they were very well regarded at the time for the first two and kind of, like, shifted a lot of kind of the tone of animated films around the time. Yeah, like, they were really self-referential and meta, and then you had, like, you know, recently there's been the Puss in Boots movie that's making the rounds. Like, everyone's like, why is the best animated movie I've ever seen, <laughs> like, Puss in Boots 2? The Puss in Boots second yeah. movie. Why is, like, this spin-off of the Shrek movie the best movie of the year to me? And I believe they've announced that they're working on Shrek 5 as well, right? They should do. Bring it back. Do it. Do you know what? It all comes back to Shrek. It does, it always does. And, like, the, the, as you say, like, it was kind of, there was a while there where we had a bit of a gap, and then just out of nowhere, this, like, Attack on Titan esque Puss in Boots movie comes out. Yeah, just like, you know, the wall of the internet's there, there's Wall Maria of the internet, and it's just. Dun, 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 dun. And it's that wolf, the wolf from Puss in Boots, whoever wants to fuck. Oh, just, God. Everyone, like, you know, that's like this generation's Lola Bunny for just, like, well, inspiring I, a generation of furries. I li- I meant it way more literally as well of, like, not even just, like, a warmer era of um, 
presence of just literally the only thing i've seen of that movie is an action sequence where attack on titan is basically occurring <laughs> like the animation looks absolutely phenomenal of course it does yeah because it's dream words and i do love as well that great shit post that goes around i'm like how do you feel knowing these are in the same universe and it's just a picture of shrek giving a big goofy thumbs up and the wolf from puss in boots 2 and just the top <laughs> response is i don't know horny i guess but speaking of horny, DreamWorks' animation Shrek film series based on William Steig's book of the same name has a large underground internet fandom that started around 2009. With the fan base described by some as an ironic liking toward the series, there have been several sexually explicit memes based on the title character. And that just caught my attention. I was like, you know what? Yeah, Shrek is an inherently sexual being. I get it. The most notable example is a 2013 meta meme centered on a video called, and you probably know the name, Lucas. You were around when this was big. Oh, I don't know the name of it. Shrek is love. Shrek oh. is life. Yeah, of course. That was so big. Like for a little while, that was like everything. Like that do was we the internet about, yeah. for a brief moment. Do we talk like when we were young? Like that's just like the mind space, like our generation, our friend group, and you know the cultures we like the subcultures we were part of. Like you know, mm-hmm. remember like. A, it's the same thing for that. Of like, there was that brief period in the 2010s where you just you talk to them like it's all ogre now, and just you'd lose your <laughs> shit. That was the funniest thing you could say. And it's it's kind of funny, isn't it? That like the entire point of Shrek is like you know, funeral never love me and all this, and then ten years later the internet is like, Daddy Shrek, let's go. Yeah. It's just dad bod, isn't it? It's like, you know, it's just a sign of the changing views on what masculinity is. Well, Shrek is just peak manhood because he's confident and that's all you need. He has that dump truck, Carl. He does. <laughs> Lucas, fans of Shrek are known as brokers. Are they? <laughs> <laughs> a take on the name of Bronies. The teen and oh, adult okay. fans of the show My Little Pony, Friendship is Magic, Citation. I don't think you need citation for that. For bronies, no. No. A Shrek filmmaker movement of source filmmaker has sees animators making videos based on the internet's obsession towards the character. According to the New York, New York magazine, Shrek is, uh, I quote, one of the patron saints of the elaborate and complex culture of dank memedom. <laughs> He is. He's like he's up there, isn't he? It's like he's all about Shrek. It is funny to see, like you know, um, obviously TikTok is catered more towards like a younger generation than us, Gen like, Z and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it is amazing to see that like Shrek has still managed to infiltrate the walls of TikTok with memes. like Shrek still got it. Yeah, like mm-hmm. I said, the dad bod. Like Shrek still, and it's, it's because they're just good movies. Like no one does stuff like this for things that aren't at the very least entertaining. And mm-hmm. Shrek 1 and 2 are legitimately just entertaining, fun movies. Yes, and they're really they well made. And like you know, and you can clearly tell that everyone involved was having fun. Yeah, and they're, like the first one especially, extremely memeable. Yeah. And then the second one is just like a really solid movie. Like, I contend like the final action sequence of the I Need a Hero, mm-hmm. which, fun fact, was performed by Jennifer Saunders, the voice actress yes. for the fairy godmother, in real life. To the point where I think even Bonnie Tyler was like, that was pretty good. <laughs> oh, that was a pretty good performance. Like, girls got some pipes. And this might not be the right time to talk about I Need a Hero because there's like, I, I can't count the amount of movies, including like a, a very, very famous movie right now, 
that is using I Need a Hero as needle drops. And for some reason, like, it's as if filmmakers have forgotten that any other song exists for, like, a climax of a movie lately. So it's like they've forgotten that Shrek did it best. Yeah. Uh, it's weird to think that the two... Like, that's, it's a very popular thing to use, like, what do we do? It's very little, isn't it? I Need a Hero. It's very... It's uplifting. And Shrek 2 use it for that. And that's the thing. Shrek 2, I guess they used it ironically of. We... Being meta... This mm-hmm. is very tropey. Like, it's a, literally based on fairy tales, like the most cliche stories that we have. What's Whereas, the most cliche ending? I Need a Hero is the literal knight in shiny armor comes in, but he's Shrek. Like most filmmakers that are using it currently are using it in like the Zack Snyder way of like, I see yeah. the, there's a hero on screen right now, mm-hmm. therefore play I Need a Hero. I think that's why it works for Shrek as well. Of like the whole point is like it's a. Um, uh, um, uh, a, a twist on the old fairy tale mm-hmm. genre. It's like they, it's literally set in like the fairy tale universe and they flip all the tropes on their head. Exactly. Of like, you know, Fiona being a princess and she marries the ogre. It's the exact opposite thing that would happen like, in on like, you know, the, the fairy, fairy godmother's on. the one trying to destroy people's lives rather yeah. than like give people their wishes and stuff. Yeah. yeah. So the song is used ironically and it's weird to think the best two examples of that song being used are Shrek 2 and Saints Row 3. I don't Could even you... remember it from Saints Row. Okay, so Saints Row 3, I contend, like is really good use of music. Um, uh, and the final mission where... And it's one of those things where every time I've spoken to someone about um, Saints Row 3, the final mission is you get go kill the big bad of the entire game or save your homie. And almost everyone I've ever spoken to is like, oh, I was going to kill the big bad. But then I Need a Hero starts playing... And you can see in real time, if you go watch playthroughs of that game, people are running towards the the thing that says, go kill the big bad. I mm. need a hero starts. Like, they just turn around. It's like, <laughs> I can't not. I can't not save my homie. It has to be done. Oh, that's beautiful. It's so good. What, do, do you want to continue? Yeah, let's go for it. What do you have here? So, uh, background and early history. The 2001 film Shrek, based on William Stieg's picture book of the same name, garnered acclaim from critics and won an Oscar. It won an How Oscar. How did it win an Oscar for? Was it, it Best Animated Film? Or? It doesn't say here. Let's double check. It might be like Best Adapted Screenplay or something because it's a book, isn't it? So, uh, mm. let's have a quick look here. Uh, accolades. Yeah. It won, oh, yeah, Academy Award for Best Animated Feature, beating out mm. Monsters, Inc. Ooh. Ooh. I'm not sure if I agree with that. Shrek 2, I'd say, is like a better film than Monsters, Inc., but um, I guess it's more, Shrek's more original. Shrek is definitely... Is it definitely more... Like, it's definitely different. Yeah, it's different and, enough where I'd say, like, I would like, rather watch Shrek than Monsters, Inc. I, I, like, it would depend on the day for me mm-hmm. and depend on the mood I'm in. Because, yeah, like, sure, it do, like, Monsters, Inc. goes for the very, you know, just kind of happy ending tropey kind of vibe of mm-hmm. like it's a happy film but monsters inc was like a very original animated film at the time yeah like apart from just it was a technical powerhouse vibes, like, as well yeah like it, a showcase yeah, of the, the technology the sully hair tech and stuff yeah but then again shrek have you considered that shrek that's that's the thing it's just do, do you need an answer more than it shrek yeah, and it says here, while Shrek 2 was at the time the highest grossing animated film ever in the North American box office. However, Dave Sims of The Atlantic's The Wire marked the second film as the start of the declining quality and commercial success. Wow, Dave Sims get asshole blown out by just history there. Of like, oh, Shrek 2, widely considered the best Shrek film. That's the start of the decline. 
the high point of the series is the start of the class. What a fucking idiot. Yeah, that that was like... The it's sh- the best... It's one of the like, the go-to examples of name a sequel that's better than the original. Shrek 2. And that was also like the Shrek that launched a thousand ships of Shrek. Like, yeah. That was the reason that Shrek the third and the fourth and the yeah. Christmas spin-off and all this shit and Puss in Boots happened and like... Yeah, I that's bizarre to me. Like Shrek Two is like as you say, widely considered by far the best one. Yeah, and it says here that uh, his reasons were it relied on cheap topical gags and flimsy celebrity cameos. I like that's that's one of those movies where like the celebrity cameos, yes, very much, but the celebrities give, like, really good performances in there. Yeah, the only reason I know the celebrities voice the characters is because, you know, like I like the series enough. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't say it's like, you know, it's not Chris Pratt's Mario, where it's like, that's just Chris Pratt. It's like when you listen to, like, say, The King, you don't know that's John Cleese. Like, you do if you know his voice, but he's given a good enough performance where you, know, you see him as The King. Yeah, like, I'm not sitting there just going, I can see John Cleese here. Like, I can hear John Cleese in his voice, obviously, as you say. But, yeah, they're all giving, like, very, very genuine, impassioned performances and not just, like, it's a me. Yeah, or, like, you know, Antonio Banderas as Puss in Boots. Like, that was inspired casting. casting. Yeah, he was fantastic. And they're, like, they say that's cheap celebrity (laughs) cameo. It's like, no, Antonio Banderas loves being Puss in Boots. Like... Having celebrities in a movie doesn't make them cheap cameos inherently. No. But, hey, that's um, his opinion. And it says here, Shrek's official Facebook page was launched by DreamWorks in 2009 and was used to promote the products and spin-offs, of which there are many, of the franchise. The title character speaking, quote-unquote, to his the fans through these posts. <laughs> Does Shrek <laughs> even know what the internet is? <laughs> so did you ever hear that when it was, uh, like... Uh, there's an episode of The Simpsons where Homer Simpson says his email address like ChunkyLover69 or something mm. and the showrunners like grabbed that domain name before it went live that episode right. went live and one of the writers occasionally still responds to it in the guise of Homer Simpson <laughs> that's great but like Shrek is the entire opposite of that if Shrek would hear what social media is and be like get the fuck away get out of my swamp like, literally he's a character inherently built on the ground to fuck off and leave like, me alone. Get out of my swamp. But would you like to hear where, Lucas, this is the start? That guy thought Shrek 2 was the decline. He doesn't realise that the real decline came in 2010. Following the release of Shrek Forever After, a comic on deviant art titled, and I'm just going to tell you the title, Lucas, and then you respond anywhere you feel comfortable. Shadow Beg Shrek. Oh, no, no. And I'm gonna have to Google that. Did the did the Sonic and Shrek fandoms? The, the Sonic and Shrek fandoms combine Lucas to create just this absolute monstrosity. And I'm gonna Google it, and I'm gonna. T- oh no! <laughs> I just the moment you mentioned the Sonic fandom, I'm like, this uh, cannot be trusted. Thuzo, can we just give a big shout out to like the fact? Eagle Lucas. Describe it. No it's, words are needed. Just like a four panel little comic book with no words that's just Shadow crying, the slow zoom in on Sad Shrek, and then Shadow crying more. And I don't understand the context. You know what? There is no context. It's just there Shadow. isn't needed. 
A Kotaku writer say that the possible reason for the pairing is that both characters tried to act like they were too cool for kids' stuff, too sophisticated, too edgy. They were made for each other, and approximately one billion people between the ages of 12 and 34. It went viral, and what followed was several memes. Oh, how have I never seen that picture? The thing is, though, you've probably seen all the other fan art, because that's the thing, Mm -hmm. like, people love pairing characters like Shrek. It's like that legendary shitpost fan art of, like, Pan from Dragon Ball with, like, the Shadow Chow baby. Yeah. And stuff. And and you can never... And one of the beautiful things about this thing is that you can never tell if it's ironic or not. Mm Mm-hmm. And that's what makes... And that's what keeps it pure. And because (laughs) it's so weird... It's so weird that the official... Like, owners of the franchise or the series of the character won't touch it with a barge pole, so it stays pure. Mm-hmm. Because that's the thing, you're never going to get the official Shrek Twitter account retweeting that. It's, like, it's, you it's know, too even, weird. Like, Sonic leans pretty hard into kind of, like, the memes, and they have a pretty good, like, social media team and stuff, and their April Fool's joke this year was literally release a game of, like, Sonic is dead, and it was yeah. like a five-hour murder mystery of who killed Sonic. Yeah. And even then, the fandoms like this are get so weird that that even someone like like Sonic's official team will not touch that shit. Yeah. As a result, the enthusiasm behind this is genuine. It's not manufactured, and as a result, mm-hmm. it kind of has that veneer of authenticity about it. Like, this is a real person who just really likes Shadow and Shrek drawings. It's like when you see those like really shitty Sonic drawings, like. That's either like, an 11-year-old or a 31-year-old who just really likes Sonic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And even if you don't like it, you've, you've got to appreciate that at least it's honest. Yes. It's the same yeah. thing with this. But it says, uh, there have been several lists compiling online Shrek fan art, including a 2014 list on College Humor, simply titled The Most Upsetting Shrek and Shadow Fan Art on the Internet. Conversely, the Smosh website compiled a list of 20 uncomfortably sexual pieces of Shrek fan art. And can I just say, I unironically love when people do fan art of characters like Shrek when he's like huge and buff. Because it's so oh, yeah. it's so uncomfortable that it just goes all the way around from being like weird to funny. I just oh god. Do I all that, it, like, that fan art of like Mickey Mouse and he's just like super buff? Oh, no, no, that, that cracks Mickey me up. Mouse. Yeah, that's it. That, it cracks me up because it's like it goes all the way around from mm-hmm. being like uncomfortable to it's so like outlandish that it's just hilarious to me. And like, you know, I'm I'm a bit disappointed. I will say in the Shrek community because I've never heard that you can Google like yourself the ogre. There's, <laughs> well, there's the, only one Shrek. There is there is only one Shrek, but there's many ogres. There is. Have you ever seen that thing of? That theory that Shrek doesn't know what his own name is because when Donkey asks him what his name is, he just says Shrek. Yeah, it's like I've never been asked this before because I immediately got ostracized by my family. Yeah, and then yeah, it's like that's the first time he's ever had a conversation where anybody's asked what he identifies as. Yeah, he's like, I just, don't know Shrek, I guess. It's like, <laughs> so the writing in those movies is like rock fucking solid. Mm-hmm. It's just like ogres are like onions. Like, you I mean no one likes you? It's like, shut up. <laughs> you <laughs> like, smell bad. <laughs> we just got to give props to like um, uh, Eddie Murphy. Have you seen that? There's oh, that yeah. interview with him where he's like, I'm going to die and that fucking donkey's going to be on my obituary <laughs> page. I know it. I know it. I wrote some of the most influential stand up in the history of comedy and that fucking donkey is going to be my legacy. And he was, and he was just in like a, a slew. 
of obviously incredible comedy films in like the 80s and 90s mm-hmm. and like the donkey is his legacy to so many people that's the, that and daddy like, daycare yeah even oh, daddy daycare is legit a great movie because they have a really great moment that at the time wasn't really a big deal and it was played for mm. joe but today would be a big deal where it's like they have the bit where it's like daddy daycare so people don't know fuck it we're talking about daddy daycare now where it's uh, <laughs> eddie murphy gets fired from his high-powered job and he starts a daycare looking after his kids mm-hmm. and he gets a lot of flack for it of like well dads can't look after kids Mm-hmm. And just straight up, like um, uh, Eddie Murphy's like character is defended by his lady. Like, don't you think that women can do anything that men can do? Well, yeah. So, like, so men can look after their kids, right? And like, yeah. And the fact that that is like just said so outright of like, yeah, pair, like fathers can look after their kids. They can be loving parents who care for their children and can be like you know good um, uh, like caretakers. Yeah, and that's that's one thing that like I don't remember too much about Daddy Daycare, but that scene really sticks out in my mind still. Yeah, and Just, the fact like, as well, calling like, yeah, people out on the bullshit. Like, of course, dads can look after the kids. Don't be an asshole. And of course, like you know, shenanigans ensue. But yeah. the fact that he's like, he doesn't play on that old tired comedy trope of dads are just completely inept at looking after their kids. It's like they're just in mm-hmm. over their head because it's a business ploy that goes wrong. Either yeah, way. it's like three dads who don't have much experience trying to do their best. Mm-hmm. Um, but we move on to like the dark times of the Shrek fandom, 2012. Oh, no. So, that was Shrek Chan. Shrek is love, Shrek is life. May 2012 was marked the launch of Shrek Chan, a 4chan-esque image board for fans of Shrek. Oh, God. Yeah. And, I mean... Uh, as Just, you might imagine, it says that it had a lot of visitors and a uh, description by the Daily Dot described it as a whole new demented level <laughs> of uh, Shrek obsession, culminating in the aforementioned Shrek is love, Shrek is life, which I didn't recall that it was about Shrek having sex with a small boy. No. I don't remember that, but it's, yeah, the story of Shrek is Love is, it's an adaptation of a story posted on 4chan describing a sexual encounter between a nine-year-old boy and Shrek after the father reprimands him for his Shrek obsession. No, like, I remember That's a detail that kind of got filtered words. out as it made it into, like, you know, the the less dark parts of the internet. Yeah, I know it as a meme of people just say Shrek is Love, Shrek is Life. I did not know that detail. Yeah, like, it's all ogre now. Of just like Shrek comforting mm-hmm. you. Uh, in 2014, yeah. Shrek Jam was shut down. Shrek Jam. Uh, it's shut down. Yeah, the Shrek meme and it's um, the closing oh, message was... from the board's founder was the Shrek meme is dead. Yeah, in 2014, Shrek meme is dead. <laughs> Little did they know. And uh, stay being wrong about everything for Jam. You know, Shrek Jam brings me to Space Jam. It does. And the fact that that amazing website got killed off for what was one of the most soulless cash grabs of all time. Yeah. Right. The fact they didn't even keep it up as like a, a meme means I, they I don't think understand. There might be like a way to access it still, but Probably, like yeah. the Space Jam website just got turned into like a bunch of shit and wasn't the untouched gem that it was that was still the original ninety nine. Yeah. Never forget website. that um a sig- like a quantifiable percentage of Space Jam 2's budget went to CGIing LeBron James's hairline. <laughs> this is embarrassed about being bald, despite and one looking fantastic. Sold. Yeah, but despite one looking good bald and two being a millionaire, B- maybe billionaire. 
maybe a billion either way so the, um, uh, after the closing down of shrek chan we had shrek filmmaker movement um, which source filmmaker animators made videos based on the internet's obsession with shrek and uh, the videos involve the character in glitchy worlds of horror t- horrifying imagery and smash mouth references <laughs> these videos included parodies such as shrek it ralph and shrekking ball <laughs> as well as a crossover with rl stein's goosebumps series simply titled shrek gets spooked oh what in november 2018 a comedy group three uh, title named 3gi organized shrek fest a shrek theme festival in milwaukee that released an animate a reanimated collab of the film shrek made by a crew of 200 artists titled shrek retold the fuck yeah like, which is free which is free on youtube they remade the entire dedicated film. It's similar to that Robocop one, isn't it? Like um, our Robocop movie where they remade Robocop like just one I scene didn't at a time. Know about that was this just you in your bedroom, Carl? No, it was not. I was not involved Robocop. with the creation of our Robocop. It was also another one as well, like um, with Smash Mouth. Because I was also researching maybe the Smash Mouth um, wiki would be funny, but just the Shrek mm. fandom was funnier. Uh, there is like a musical where every song is just all star by smash mouth in a different genre <laughs> and like how much do we think that shrek has contributed to the like smash mouth legacy i think it has because i know that the band really doesn't like or they initially didn't until like the lead scene got ousted where mm. if you tweeted at the band saying i loved you in shrek they'd get pissed off and like we've got other songs we've got <laughs> other songs and then they realize no actually it's pretty good it's it's you know they may have taken their time but it's just the same as like what Nickelback do of just like you got to lean into it lean into it yeah and they have in more recent years but yeah I was researching like um, uh, All Star and found out there's like a musical where every song is just All Star in a different genre and let's not forget that there is a Shrek the musical oh yeah with like that's the way whenever you see pictures of that and it's just the guy in the full Shrek makeup. And it's that thing of, like, he's taking it completely 100% seriously, and that's yeah. what makes it funny. It's so earnest. Like, yeah. it is not a meme. It is a fault. Of, was it, like, on Broadway? Yeah, it was on Broadway, and it's really well-received. Yeah. It's apparently yeah, one of like, is, the better yeah. musicals you can go see. And well, I love, like, like, sometimes that can happen with things. It, you know, it didn't go the ill-fated way of Spider-Man the musical, fortunately. Yeah. I've wanted to see that show for a while, because like, the one that I saw a while ago was Heather's the Musical. So like Heather's like this like cult classic from the 1980s, and it has mm. like a bit in it where but it's like just tongue in cheek movie that's like kind of taking the piss out of um, uh, like romantic movies of the time. But right. they have a bit in the film where like a guy dies and um, the killer frames him like for being gay, and they have a bit in the film where his, his dad's like, "I love my dead gay son," and they turn that into a five minute long musical number called <laughs> "I Love My Dead Gay Son." And it is fucking phenomenal. And I love when oh. people take stuff like that and just like in completely earnestly like say, we love this thing. We're going to do our best to represent it and turn it into a song. Celebrating the mm-hmm. spirit, the feel, the idea that um, uh, this piece of media created in people. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah, and that's just Shrek. I'm just like on the Shrek fan heart and there's just the one of Shrek kissing Spongebob and oh. shadows in the background like, no, tears in his eyes. So but yeah, that's that's the Shrek fandom. We're ending on a note that Shrek is kissing Spongebob and shadows mad about it. But that's the one of, like, 
what do you prefer, folks at home? Which uh, wiki won this week? Are you more? Are you all in on um, uh, Coachella? And the you have to think. Do you want to vote for my pain and suffering, or do you want to vote for Shrek? Do you want to vote for Carl's pain and suffering, or Carl's love for Shrek? I'm not going to lie, everyone. I'm well aware that this is going to be a tough one for me. It's going to be a tough one for a lot of people. It's, yeah, it's going to be hard to battle against Shrek in this one. Do you know what's tougher though? Shrek. I just Google, I just Google Buff Shrek, and there's so much fan out of Shrek with a fucking six pack. I, I I just find it so funny that like there's legit you know sexy Shrek cosplayers out there and shit like. Oh, it's like yeah, my friend so who funny. does cosplay does that yeah. Mm-hmm. Like my friend who does cosplay, like the one she said she's never lost more um, followers than when she did Sexy Predator, where she just wore a Predator mask <laughs> and got it. Sat, and she lost like forty followers for doing that. Like, like she what? made like her Patreon like uh, or her OnlyFans thing for that month, just her in a like a Predator mask, and people got mad at it. Like people got no, they've got no taste, no class, they've got no, no culture. culture. They haven't. Joe you know is culture though fucking Shrek. It's like, do you know those memes of when people go to watch, like, um, Minions? In <laughs> They're the, wearing in suits. The suits. <laughs> Just, that cracks me up as well. I love shit like that. Oh, God. Just, like, five tickets for Minions. Gentle Minions, wasn't it? <laughs> Gentle Minions. Maybe I that's think what we could I do might as well. have seen that, like, people were doing the same for Mario and, like, tried to bring it back. Yeah. It's, it, it's like, reason you I, can only do that once. You get away with it once, yeah. And yeah, but yeah, if you enjoyed um, this episode of Wiki Weekdays, why not consider subscribing, liking, oh, yeah. or commenting on the video with which wiki you think won this week? Thank you. We'll be back again next week. And do we have a theme for next week, Lucas, or should we leave this up to uh, should we let the gods decide? Like the I, I think we just bring our best shot next week because clearly trying to get a theme going in my head. I don't, I don't think it's worked out well for me this time. So next time, I just want to. You know, throw chaos into the mix. I'll tell you what, then. You find something, you let me know, and I'll think of a theme around it. How about that? I say let's go Let's go random. Let's go chaos, Carl. Okay. You want to go for a chaos one? Maybe we can, like, Well, we've just them. talked about shadow. Let's let's bring <laughs> chaos control into That's the true, mix. That's true, yeah. But the thing is, it's called chaos control. It's about controlling <laughs> the chaos. Yeah, shadow so, controls the chaos. I do not. Let the oh, chaos man, run I'm free. defo going to the, the Sonic the Hedgehog wiki and picking shadow. <laughs> If we both come back with a Sonic entry next week. One week, we're going to pick the same entry and we're going to earnestly just do it twice. <laughs> we're going to go through the entire fucking thing don't, twice. Don't worry, Sonic fans. One week, at some point, we will have just a dedicated Sonic podcast. Like, law of averages means that eventually we will. We will. Eventually Whether we, we will. like it or not. Whether we decide to or not. Yeah, no, run, run from it. Hide from it. It comes all the same. Cheers, everybody.